What's up, everybody? This is Word of a Rebel, and today we're going to have a conversation about self-care. When was the last time that you tended to the needs of your spirit, your mind, and your body? Let's talk about it. So I want to start off this episode with a very brief introduction to the reasons why you need to do this, because we all know this, but let me give you a brief reminder. So you do need to take care of your body in the same way that you take care of children, the same way that you take care of a vehicle. It has to be maintained. If it is not properly tended to, your body does will break down. Your brain can have some stress and lack of focus and, you know, even to the extent of some more severe new things SMS like... From, new SMS from... I apologize for the interruption, everybody. I did receive a text message, and as always, I am using my hands-free device, so it picks up on anything that is said in the vehicle, including when my Jeep lets me know, hey, honey, you got a message. But anyway, back to what I was saying. If you're not tending to the maintenance of a vehicle, it starts to break down. The same thing happens with your body as well as your mind. Um, you can have health concerns. You can have anxiety. You can have lack of focus. But as I was mentioning before the text messages came through was that you can also have more severe things on the mental side, such as you could actually have a mental breakdown. You know, you could start having panic attacks. This could be a thing. Um, you actually, if not properly tending to your self-care, you can develop depression, even if you're not somebody who is genetically predisposed to it. You can literally train your brain to be in a state of of sadness, of despair, um, if you allow it to stay in, in a state of sadness or grief for too long, if you allow it to stay and dwell in that emotion, basically it's kind of like a sponge, you know, um, and you're, or even it's also like an animal, like it, it, it gets trained into a habit. Um, so, but what that means is it's also a powerful tool for repairing the damage because you can train your brain to maintain positivity. You can train your brain to be ambitious, to be focused, to be loving of self and loving of others, to be positive. You can train your brain for all of these things. And so when we talk about self-care in this episode, when we get to the mental health side of it, and even the physical health side kind of leads toward that, because you're, you're, the physical self-care that you're giving to yourself is also training your brain to have certain feelings and emotions. So when we get to that part, I'm also going to talk about the impact that this self-care will have long-term on both physical and mental health. And yes, we are also going to speak about the spiritual, whether or not you believe in God. We're still going to talk about the spiritual side of it. I want you to stay tuned for that and let me know your thoughts. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this topic. So self-care, I personally feel, needs to start from the bottom up which means that you start with your feet also i believe that it needs to start with the physical prior to talking about the mental and the spiritual because our minds and our spirits are contained inside of this body and so whatever's happening to this body is going to affect the other two so your key to holistic health is tending to the balance and the comfort of your physical form so with that in mind, let's get started with the feet. A lot of the time, we don't really properly care for our feet. We care for every other part of our body, but we forget that our feet are the whole 
thing that carries us. We walk on our feet. It's with us every space that we go. It carries the weight. It carries the foundation. It's just the foundation. You need to take care of the foundation of your physical form. So for a lot of men, this means like they're like, oh, no, like I don't want to do no pedicures. You know, I don't want to have nobody rubbing on my feet. And honestly, you don't have to. The idea of just on a regular basis taking care of your feet is something that you can do for yourself. And it's very comforting. So at least try it. It's kind of like how your mama would always tell you, um, instead of saying, don't don't say you don't like something until you try it, at least try it. So here's a simple strategy that you can do at home. You, um, you should do a treatment on your feet um, separate from the rest of your body once a week. Besides just the idea of cutting back your toenails, because if you cut back your toenails, uh, keep them in a shape, you know, at least cut back. Um, it prevents foot pain and foot discomfort on a regular basis uh, because your toenails hitting, um, hitting your shoes and whatnot, it automatically sends shock waves into your feet. And you may not realize it, but it's definitely causing you some foot pain and it possibly could be causing you leg and back pain that you're not aware of it being connected to your feet. A lot of people don't realize how many things are connected to their feet. I do suggest that you can Google search it, the pressure point um, relationship to feet and to the toenails. There's definitely some reverberations that go all the way throughout your body. So first of all, just, you know, you don't have to cut them short, but just keep them, keep them from being too long, basically. Um, but you want to gently comfort your feet and relax your feet. So rubbing your feet on say like a rough surface like a um a rough sofa or using like a hairbrush or a comb i know you're thinking well that even goes in my hair okay well you know what your hair gets washed you're, you you should do you should only use your hairbrush or comb after you clean your feet as well because you definitely don't want any toe fungi uh, or get a new brush or use like an old brush that is just discarded um but basically, you want something that's going to lightly tingle uh, your feet. You want to do this while your feet are dry, not while they're um, lotioned or wet out of a shower because it's not actually going to have the same effect. You want to gently graze your feet either on the rough surface of the, the sofa that you chose or the brush or a comb. Uh, and you want to gently go up and down your feet with, um, with this item. Basically, this invigorates the nerve endings in your feet and it... And whatever pressure point that is, whatever organ is connected to that pressure point is also going to receive the benefits of that relaxation and that sensation. So you're healing your entire body by attending to your feet. This could take maybe three to five minutes, honestly. You don't have to do it for very long. Doing it two or three minutes even is really enough because you're just kind of stimulating those nerve endings on the bottom of your feet. Um, another thing that you can do um, is to place something that rolls under your feet. Um, you want to start with something that is either not either room temperature or warmer. Um, you can use things like a rolling pin. I know it seems funny. I'm telling you to use stuff from your house. Um, if you don't have an extra rolling pin, think about a rolling pin's shape. Find something that looks like that that won't crunch under your feet, right? You could use a broom handle. Um, you could use a mop handle, disconnect them from the broom or the mop, put them under your feet while you're sitting down and roll your feet back and forth over the broom handle or the mop handle. Um, 
I know it's probably funny for me to suggest the rolling pin, but I don't mean, don't use it for this if you actually use it to cook with, okay? Um, but a simple, like, broom handle, once again, you have to detach it from the broom so that it can roll and roll that back and forth uh, with your feet to allow it to rub and stimulate the muscles on a deeper sense. Um, honestly, doing those two things once a week, both of them just doing that for like a few minutes at a time. Of course, you can do it longer if you want to, because um, honestly, you can actually do this while sitting. You can put the brush on the floor and rub and massage your feet on that while you're doing something else, like watching a movie, watching um, a television show, studying, uh, working on something at home. You could even do this at work if you work in an office. Um, do some self-care while you're working. Why not? I mean, you're like saving time and saving money in this way because you're actively taking care of yourself and doing self-care while you're at work or while you're working on your business. Do you know, multitask. Why not? You could also do the same thing with um, the broom at home, putting that on the ground and rolling your feet back and forth over that while you watch something or do some work at home. Um, this is an easy way to do some relaxing self-care. The great thing about this, like I said, your feet have pressure points connected to all kinds of organs in your body, but also the soothing and, and comforting feeling of this does affect your mental and spiritual as well because you've started the first step in the habit of tending to your comfort. You're adding those emotions, those hormones that are connected to positive emotions are being activated in your body and so this is the first step to causing and developing this habit of positive emotions in your body, in your mind, and in your spirit. Let's go ahead and move on up from the feet now and into your legs. So honestly, one of the best things that you can do for your legs and basically your entire body is uh, a regular practice of yoga. You don't have to do this every day. Doing it like once a week is honestly going to be enough to maintain um, and kind of just give yourself that healing that you need for your muscles. So the reason that I say this is, um, even if you are working out and exercising, you still should do something like yoga that's just gentle and soothing to your muscles. Because remember, this, this part about self-care is really about the soothing aspect and really like giving yourself that time of peace and comfort. So some people may say, well, isn't yoga for girls? No, it's not only for girls, gentlemen. There are plenty, plenty of men who also are involved in yoga. And that means not just white men. I have seen men of all levels of beautiful brown melanin participating in yoga classes. In fact, yoga was something that was actually started by brown people. Okay. Um, this is something that you should take advantage of. It is masculine. It requires endurance. But it is also a caring thing that you can do for yourself. There are some yoga poses that are simple. You don't have to do all of them. You just choose the poses that work for you. So the idea is that you're just kind of choosing a few poses that you can do in your own time that you're comfortable with. Some people go to yoga studios and they get intimidated by everything when it comes to the yoga studio, right? Um, you feel intimidated because you're new to it, you know, uh, you see all these people doing these back bends and these splits and whatever else. This is the thing about yoga. You don't have to be an expert at yoga to participate in yoga. You don't at all. Um, you can do very simple stretches. You can even do chair yoga. The goal of yoga is to do what makes you feel comfortable 
to do what makes you feel healed. So that means that you choose the poses you're going to do. Also, you choose the music that's going to be your background to your yoga practice. You can also do this in silence if you want to. You can do yoga while watching a movie. You can do yoga while watching sports. Okay? There's no one way to practice yoga. So basically, to get the healing aspect out of the yoga practice, um, you want to choose things that do gently stretch your muscles. I strongly advise just looking up some basic uh, stretches online uh, and finding some that you like, some that you can um, you can try out on your own time. Uh, I'm not really going to give you any advice on that because you have to find what works for you. There are some great ones that I like that are actually laying down poses, so you can actually lay on your back. Um, one of the first things I did when I started doing yoga, practicing yoga, was actually some that relieved tension and stress in my back and my neck. But they also benefited and stretched out my legs. Um, find what you need. What are your problem areas? Find a few poses and do those once a week. You can actually do them more. You can do them every day. You can do them two or three times a week. It doesn't really matter. As long as you're just giving yourself that space of time to comfort and relax your muscles. So when it comes to the legs, you want to do a few poses like warrior pose, maybe, you know, something like that. Just kind of flexing out your muscles and your legs and making them comfortable. Other things that you can do is simply just rubbing lotion on your legs, like, but taking your time with it. Like a lot of people I see just, they just be rushing the lotion. They just be like, quick, quick, quick. You know, I got my moisture. I'm not ashy. Take the time with it. Show yourself some love. Rub and massage your muscles, relieve them. They deserve it. You are hardworking. You do a lot. You carry a lot. Soothe these muscles that are serving you. This body is allowing you to do all the things that you do. So show it love. Caress it and spend time massaging the legs, uh, the leg muscles. Okay. And also your butt cheeks. Okay. Give yourself a butt massage. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, you're showing yourself love. These are muscles that you use every day. They need to be soothed. Like I mentioned about the back, okay, because we're going to move on up to the back area now. Um, there are some yoga stretches that are really great for loosening up the back. Another thing that you can do is um, you might need to get something that is thicker than the, um, the broomstick that I suggested for the feet. But you want to get something that is cylindrical, okay? Uh, and long enough for the back to be fully um, supported by it, right? So you can't use, like, canned goods. That's not, that's not safe. It's going to end up pinching you or whatever else. But if you can get something that's larger, um, even if it's, like, um, one of those Coke bottles, like a 20-ounce Coke bottle, uh, and lay that on um, the area of your, you know, your spine where you kind of, you get that massage up and down the spine. You can literally roll yourself up and down on the, um, the Coke bottle. Of course, it should be um, full um, and preferably frozen if you're going to do this this way. Um, it's like an ice pack for your back. You can also do this with putting the frozen Coke bottle inside of a towel and doing the same thing, rolling back and forth, because it'll unwrap itself from the towel. Or you can secure the towel onto the Coke bottle with like rubber bands and roll yourself back and forth. The idea is that you're you're rubbing and putting some massaging pressure onto the back muscles in an even balanced method. Of course, anything that is long enough and cylindrical is sufficient for this um, task as well. So 
yoga poses that stretch and, and maneuver your back, um, something cylindrical to massage yourself with. Uh, I do highly recommend both men and women um, going to a spa and just getting um, a quick 10-minute massage once in a while, but a lot of us don't really want to get touched in that way, and that's okay. This is a way to do it for yourself. All right, so speaking about the arms, the arms are kind of neglected. I think because maybe our arms don't as often get pain, um, unless you're like a super gym rat type of person who's always working out, but you should also do some stretches for your muscles uh, a few times a week in your arms. Um, you can also do the strategy that you did with your feet for your arms. So you can rub like the, the lightly abrasive brush on your arms, up and down your arms, kind of stimulating the nerve endings there. It's really, really relaxing and soothing. Uh, another self-care technique is to use your own fingertips and to lightly touch up and down your arm. You're going to notice this feeling of like um, deep peace radiating from your arm into your neck and even your head area if you do it right, especially if you touch the inner elbow on yourself. Um, there's going to be this intense sense of release that comes from that. Uh, some people have cried while doing this maneuver because this isn't an area that often gets soothed. Um, so be prepared for that. Maybe the first couple of times you do it, you might feel a heightened emotion. Even if you don't cry, you might feel a heightened emotion. And there's nothing wrong with that. It means that you're releasing. That's what tears are. Um, if you maintain this practice, you'll be less likely to feel emotional because you'll be constantly pleasing and satisfying yourself and releasing and giving peace to yourself on a regular basis. And so these, um, you'll be releasing little bits of frustration instead of big doses of frustration all at one time. So if you do feel like you got emotional, it's probably because you were releasing a lot and it was a lot of buildup that needed to be taken out of your body. So now let's talk about the hands. The hands, similar to the feet, have a lot of pressure points that are connected to different parts of our bodies. You can Google search which pressure points are connected to which part of the body to see what I mean. There are a lot of times that hand and foot massage can actually relieve pain in other parts of the body, and this is why. So with your hands, you want to start once again by gently spending time lotioning and massaging your hands, especially the part, the muscle part between the thumb and the, and the um, index finger, I think is the name of that finger. Um, pleasing that and soothing that is really important for maintaining comfort. Um, also, as a headache relief technique, that particular muscle uh, next to the thumb is really useful for reducing headache pain. Go ahead and try that next time you get a really bad headache. So now we've gotten all the way up to the shoulders. So next, we're going to focus on the neck and shoulders. So my loves, that brings us up to the shoulders and neck and head area. Now, this is a very critical area because this is the part that can lead to, you know, the tension headaches and those very painful um, strains to the muscles in the neck and the shoulders. So when you're not tending to the things from the feet all the way up to the shoulders, you have a buildup of things that will accumulate um, in the shoulders, neck and head. It's not just the other way around. Um, you, you have a buildup happening in your system. And so it, it accumulates in this particular region. So you need to make sure you're attending to the other parts first. Um, and, and in addition to the shoulder, neck and head area. <coughs> Okay, so I paused again. I have to explain my pause because, you know, once again, I do 
often record these episodes while driving uh, and I use a hands-free device and I'm just rolling slowly through my neighborhood and a very cute little girl on a bike was not paying attention to her life which is the reason why I drive so slow in my neighborhood because we have a lot of kids in this neighborhood Um, and she came you know out in front of me with her little cute self which reminds me that children tend to their self-care better than adults do that's what play is they're moving their bodies and cleansing things and having a good time and they enjoy playing in a bubble bath i don't know the last time you played in the bubble bath but take advantage of you know following the child's example and and go outside and ride a bike and play basketball and veg out in a bubble bath um and, and play play with some toys i mean why not shoot there's a reason why little kids be all happy and everything don't get it twisted kids have stress y'all like really kids really do have stress they they do things like um you know they got to go to school they got to deal with the pressure of little children and we we like to think oh that's cute that's simple no that's pretty stressful if you're a brand new little person in the world you know you six years old the biggest stress you've ever known is is dealing with somebody being an ass to you in class i mean really so don't don't act like those little kids don't have stress they have stress but those babies play and the ones that have good parents get to come home and get cuddles to relieve that stress so oh yeah trust and believe cuddles is coming up in this conversation later but back to the point that i was making um you do need to tend to the foundation and then when you get to the shoulders and head and neck area um you get to do some more sensitive and pressure point regions love and care so there are definitely some shoulder and neck stretches that you should take advantage of Uh, i'll have to do a video on my instagram um at word of a rebel so check it out on Instagram at Word of a Rebel. It will also be posted to my Facebook page at Word of a Rebel. But I'll try to explain what you do. Basically, your goal is to uh, properly stretch the neck area. So you want to do the head tilt to each shoulder, very slowly moving back and forth um, toward each shoulder to properly stretch out the neck muscle. Then keeping your head, your neck perfectly straight up, you want to turn and look as far to your right and then slowly turn and look as far as possible to the left to also activate and stress and stretch that area. You also wanna bring your chin down to your chest, hold it there and then slowly um, tilt your head all the way back. Um, do th- this mo- motion, uh, do each one like three times in a row, hold it for a few seconds, uh, making sure that you fully release and uh, relieve that tension in that area. Um, This also works for the shoulders as well. But a massage therapist gave me this really great um, idea about using a tennis ball or remember that uh, 20 ounce soda that I told you about? Also using that for your shoulders and your neck area. Basically placing it under the shoulder and under the neck and moving your body on top of it so that you're creating your own natural massage for yourself um, in that area as well. So... Now we've gotten all the way through to the neck. Now we're gonna talk about the head. There's a reason why men love to have their scalps rubbed. I don't even know if they realize what it is. But the tension that we have all day, the tension that goes into our face, also goes into our scalp. And so we hold tension there and we have what's called tension headaches in our scalp area. So you want to massage your scalp, absolutely. So here's a cool thing about all of this that I've said so far. So the way that I've explained it to you today, I explained it in uh, a way that you can do it yourself, right? But you could also 
do this with a partner, like whoever it is that's important in your life, whoever you're sharing life with, you know, um, whether you're just dating, uh, whether it's just a hookup, <laughs> friends with benefits, or if you're married or, you know, you've been in a relationship for a long time, whoever your life partner is, you can share in this kind of attentive care on uh, a regular basis. And just think about it in terms of like, you're basically giving each other this proper treatment, right? This this treatment of maintaining each other's energy and um, strength as you go through life. Um, if especially, you know, I'll be honest with y'all, like I am a big advocate for life partners, right? <clears throat> Whether you're married or not, I'm just talking about just having a life partner because, you know, you can do this for yourself and you should, but if you have a life partner, the two of you can sometimes do this kind of, of treatment and care for each other. Um, there is something to be said about the intensity of um, a touch from someone else, especially if it's a touch from someone who genuinely means you good things, right? You know, you can tell the difference in the energy in a hug from a person who doesn't like you, because we've all had those hugs, right? And the energy of the hug from a person who who knows you and they're like, hey, you know, what's up, my friend? You know, that kind of hug. And the hug of someone truly loving you. There's a difference in the energy. There's a difference in the way that it feels. And it's the same thing for touches. And you know the difference between when you touch your own, say, shoulder, and when someone else touches your shoulder, even touching something that you can easily access, like your feet. You know that it feels different when somebody else rubs your feet than when you rub your feet. There's just something about the energy of receiving love from someone else that really makes the impact that much better. So you can do this self-care on a regular basis for yourself, but I do recommend, you know, once in a while, like once a month, twice a month, having your partner do this kind of care for you and you doing it in return. It's all about reciprocity. You got to give what you receive. Let it flow. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be flowing. So today we talked about the self-care maintenance that you can do um, on the physical level. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how to extend the physical care and attention to the mental and the spiritual attention. So this has been Word of a Rebel, everybody. Please hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Word of a Rebel. Let me know how it felt. If you've taken, if you've done any of this, go ahead and try it out, sample it out, hit me up, leave me a comment, send me a message. How did it feel? What was the benefit? Are you going to continue it? Real, I mean, real talk, like for real. Let me know how this is, y'all. At Word of a Rebel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And remember, next episode, we're going to speak about the mental and spiritual aspect of self-care and partner care. Peace. Wait, P.S. Almost forgot something. When I mentioned you could do this for a life partner, you can also do this for your child or an elderly person in your family. Um, this is a great tool for healing and treating um, people who are sick, as well as um, the stimulation of um, new cell growth. So even though a person is older, does not mean that they're not developing new cells. Um, just like whenever you're giving massage to a baby and gentle touches to a baby, if you give massage to an elder, you are also helping their body rejuvenate and restore. So definitely do this. Uh, I highly advocate this, especially for small children, uh, especially those who were premature births. Um, my daughter was a preemie by two months, and uh, one of the uh, advice you know that I got 
was to go ahead and give her uh, pre uh, preemie massages. And I would do that whenever, after her bath. Um, you know, I would use the baby lotion and then I would give like gentle massages all over her body. And basically what it was, was it was stimulating her cells to grow and to, and to, you know, strengthen them. So there's definitely something to that. If anybody who's seen my daughter knows that little girl is big and strong and healthy these days, you hear me? So just to say that that is a good set foundation and you can do this for elders as well for the same premise. Once again, everybody, word of a rebel, I'm sending you all love.